a listener production. Kickbump acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast. The Yulukut Wollum clan of the Boonwurrung, who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickbump Podcast, your fortnightly DNM on all things motherhood. Hello. Hi. Welcome back, listeners, and welcome back, Mandy. Welcome back, Kickbump. So exciting to get back into it. I feel mm. like I've got. We've had a whole break, so I've got a few Harvey updates. Oh, I was going to say, Harvey's probably yeah. 25 by now. <laughs> he is. He's a full-blown adult. <laughs> How's he um, going? He's actually started uh, carpentry. Um, <laughs> no, but it's actually crazy. I will say, in this age that he is now, if anyone listening has a kid, you know, any, I feel like anywhere between 16 months and like 20 months, only because that's the kind of age group I'm talking about right now, they develop so much and, and so quickly. For people that don't have kids, you know how like people get confused about the months? Oh, yeah. So like, it's like what, one and a half. One, one and a half-ish. <laughs> yeah, got it. Now I'm with you. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's crazy. I feel like even over the holidays, he developed so mm. much in so many ways. But I think where I want to start with the Harvey update is Christmas Day. Mm. So we had a few different kind of Christmas gatherings around that time. Um it was actually so cute. I feel like this Christmas, because last Christmas he was just a little potato baby. Yeah. <laughs> potato um, baby. He didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. This Christmas, he goes like, <gasps> when he gets really excited that he sees something. Oh. He, <gasps> like gasps and coughs. It's very funny. <laughs> anyway, he did that for every present he received. <gasps> Do you like your new shoes, buddy? <gasps> wow. Wow. So like oh, that's so he just cute. looked so appreciative and everyone loved it because they were like, oh my God, he loves it. I was going to say, what a skill to already be good at. Like yeah. if you have to fake it, you can. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> or he just genuinely loved Even every some present. Even things I was opening, like I opened like, you know, tea, towel, tea towels or something. <laughs> and he's like, kitchen. oh, he's like, oh, oh <laughs> blue. And I'm like, yes. Um, so it was really special and I feel like everyone loved that. However, when it came to Christmas Day, this was like the third gathering in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And he'd obviously seen a lot of people being really overwhelmed. Christmas morning, we had Josh's kind of immediate family around, um, his mum and his siblings for breakfast. And then came Christmas afternoon when my family came for like the big afternoon Christmas mm. early dinner late lunch kind of situation, presents and everything. And he was like tantrum city. Yep. Like it was just, he had to be attached to me. If I put him down, he cried and cracked it. He didn't want any of my family, all of my family wanted to like, you know, high five or yeah. give him a cuddle or have attention or play with him. Didn't want a bar of anyone, which kind of like at first was putting a bit of a dampener on the day. And then I think I just needed to go and reset. And there was one point where I literally just went and like, I think I just went into my room and I sat there for a little bit. Yeah, sometimes you need that. And I just needed a timeout yeah. from Harvey and from the family being there. And I also just needed a bit of reality check. Like I was like, hang on, I'm like literally letting my Christmas day be ruined because my toddler's in a bad mood. Yeah, I mean, but look. No and that's kind loves, of fair. And no one loves a tantrum. That's kind like, of fair, sort yeah. Because you know, I'm like, it. it can be testing, but it was kind of fine in the end. And then we just put him to bed early and enjoyed the rest of the night. Did you say you were hosting? 
we were hosting. Yeah. So, I mean, because yeah. that's already stressful. Yeah. So, like, when your kid's having a tantrum or whatever. Yeah. If you can't put them to bed early. Yeah. Great. <laughs> see you. So, I just wanted to bring it up, though, because I think there might have been a lot of people who had had some big plans for Christmas or, I don't know, and maybe things didn't go to plan because their toddler or kid mm. just didn't want to borrow it or maybe their baby's going through something or was ill or whatever. And so... Um, yeah, if Christmas Day didn't kind of go exactly to plan or had the kind of magical memory moments that you're thinking or imagining, like, it's okay. That's so normal. Yep. And the next Christmas day. is just around the corner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Before I move on, I do want to have a bit of a kick update in here. So mm. for anyone listening that may be pregnant or going through their postpartum journey, the new kick update, which if you follow us on Instagram or if you're a part of the app or if you, even if you listened to... Um, our first kick pod episode back. You would have already heard a bit of an update about the new experience that we've got on the app and the new programs. Mm. Within those new programs, we have got a new build for kick bump, which is super exciting. And I just wanted to quickly clarify something because I've had a few questions from older users of the app who are now using the current app and are getting a little bit confused Mm. as to where they find the content because it's changed a little bit. So to kind of touch on what kick bump was before the update, we had pregnancy safe Pilates and also a postpartum program to follow to build back up your pelvic floor and your deep core muscles and all of those kind of things before getting back into different the like, regular, the regular sort of, kind of yep, exercise. Yep. So that is still there, only now we actually serve it up as a proper program. It shows up in your planner and it's just a little bit more seamless to follow. Yeah, cool. But it's still the same content for postpartum. For prenatal, on top of the pregnancy safe Pilates, which you can now find in our explore tab on Kick. We now have a kick bump program, which is made up of low impact hit and strength workouts, which we got direct feedback from you guys that that was something that you wanted. You wanted a little bit more variety outside of Pilates that was pregnancy safe. Mm. So that is there for you guys to follow. It is a six week program. However, obviously your pregnancy goes for a lot longer than six weeks. So you can repeat this. You can do it in any trimester that you feel up to it. As long as you've had clearance from um, your healthcare professionals, it is there for you. And I'm really excited. We've already had so much awesome feedback from those of you who are already trying the program. So I just wanted to let you guys know that it is there and we have a seven-day free trial if you would like to check it out. You can download the app by the App Store, Google Play Store or from our website. Love it. PJ. Oh, Paige. We're finally getting to you. <laughs> if you are not sure who PJ is, Polly Harding. PJ, I initially met on the Jason PJ show, which was... Yep, likewise. Yes, actually. <laughs> yeah. And she's from New Zealand. She came over to do the show and she's returned. Yeah. She's also had a child. He's so cute. He's so cute. Charlie Little Leo. Charlie mm. Leo, who is five months old. So she's had him in her regional New Zealand town. A cute. It's so cute seeing her life now, like on the farm and everything. I think it's just like the most beautiful way that a child... I feel like it's the most beautiful way a child can be brought into yep. the world and, like, be brought up on a farm, surrounded by animals. Yeah. Like, and I, it's, it's so just funny. so nice. Like, so PJ... So I worked with PJ on the Jason PJ show and, like, the Melbourne sort of city life that totally she was different. living is so different. But I love... Like, it's so funny if you know her and then you see her on the, you know, on the farm and she posts content and stuff. You're like, that is so PJ. Yeah. Like, it really suits her to be living that sort of, like, nature lifestyle. It's beautiful. Um, and it does look amazing, yeah. It's so beautiful, but she's obviously gone through quite a transition, being at like the peak of her career, I would Mm. say, and it going really, really well and a show that was going really, really well to moving away from that, moving back home, Mm. 
going through COVID like we all did um, in a small country town in New Zealand and starting her life as a mum. And she's also got a podcast called The PJ Podcast, which we really recommend you go and listen to. It's classic PJ, lots of oversharing, which we love, lots of information. Um, And she interviews a whole range of guests from comedians to sexologists, even uh, yours truly. Yes, I was on there. On, you so, were a guest. So it's so funny because the roles reversed. are reversed this in time this. I'm interviewing her. Yeah. PJ! Hello, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You know what's so funny for me? But, I mean, I know we've obviously chatted multiple times on different platforms, yours yeah. and mine. Um, yeah. But it's so funny, I think, whenever I get to record with someone like you, who's obviously a pro in this area. I'm so not a pro. No, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, but you, you are, though. You're a radio host, so. Yeah, it's weird, though. I'm so terrible with all the technology side of things, as you've seen just before this. You're so humble. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because, you know, now it's my turn to interview you today. But how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I, um, I'm just sort of coming down from the holiday mm. frenzy madness. It's a bit of a come down. It's really weird. I've always looked at this time as really relaxing, but mm. when you become a mom, it's just totally different. <laughs> and, and it's not a bad thing. It's no. been amazing. It's an amazing hecticness, but you just don't really get that chill out time that mm. you used to. And my God, I wish I didn't take it for granted back in the day. I know. I keep saying to Lawsy because, like, you know, I see the kind of, I'll use the word freedom, like, in what they can do or the spontaneity that they still have in their relationship and, like, going out for dates in the city or, like, you know, just catching the train into the city from work and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, live it up. Or, like, sleeping in on the weekend and then going for, like, an hour run if she wanted to. Like, those things don't exist. No, and I remember people used to always say that to me. They're like, make the most of it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that hard. It's fine. And now I'm here, I'm like, oh, my God, what did I do with that time? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to I want to rewind a little bit. Um, obviously, I'm so excited to catch up with you. It's been ages anyway since we've had a proper catch up, but um, would love to talk to you about, you know, your journey into motherhood so far. So I can't believe, is he five months? He's nearly five months. So Charlie, your little one. Yes. Charlie Leo. Do you mind telling us, if you're open to it, um, about how Charlie came into the world? Oh my God. Okay. So he was born on the 24th of August, 10.31 Mm -hmm. a.m. And he didn't arrive how I anticipated. Surprise. Um, Okay. I definitely went into my pregnancy with this very holistic, natural approach. And I was like, it's going to be as natural as possible, which I, you know, it actually probably was for a large part of it, but Mm. you have to surrender to the unknown. And I think I did do that. I think I was prepared for whatever could happen, happen. That's good. And I, okay, I'm, I'm talking a lot, but let's go to the beginning. <laughs> That's it the happened. point of a podcast. Please keep talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I started getting contractions. It was really funny. It was about seven o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Is this around your due date or after? Yeah, or? no, so it was two days, two days after. Okay. And... <laughs> My partner, BJ, had actually just said, Paul, like, have we have we talked about what's going to happen if, like, things don't go to plan? And I'm like, shh, don't, you're going to manifest it. Like, bad things are going to happen. And he's like, but what if, like, you know, you need to have a Caesar, you need to have an emergency Caesar. I'm like, shh, 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 it's not going to go to plan. I'm not going to need intervention. <laughs> and, like, literally that night I started getting contractions and 
we ended up going on the Swiss ball at home and I made BJ go to bed because I was like, I think we could be on here like, this is it. Go get sleep while you can. Yeah. And so my mum, I remember her sitting beside me and I'm in the bath, like, in God knows what kind of positions, just trying to get comfortable and, like, she's there and yeah, walk around the house. And I actually look back on that part as quite a good part of the labour. And I was like, that's beautiful. That's sort of how I envisioned. Oh, I envy that. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Well, I envisioned that part. That's how I always wanted to be at home for as long as possible. And I had these sort of like little affirmation cards around the house. Beautiful. <laughs> you know, and then it got to about one o'clock and mum's like, right, now's the time you probably want to go to the hospital. We head to the hospital and then I remember they'd like got the hot tub ready for me and I got the gas. I was always like willing to do the gas. Like that was always kind of... Did you like the gas? I didn't mind it. I okay. didn't mind it, but I sucked through like two tins or whatever you call it, <laughs> canisters, like huge <laughs> things. And it basically, after quite a few hours, I started getting like that sort of pushing motion. And it was like, mm. and I started doing these horrific sounds. Like, yeah. I, mean, I can't We're imagine. primal, aren't we? When you... Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, I didn't realise I couldn't make that noise. And I'm so humiliated for anyone that would have heard me. But then I suppose everyone has that right. Like, totally. The things that come out, you just, yeah, it's so primal. And it was like this pushing and they're like, right, I think you, you're ready to push. And long story short, Charlie was in um, posterior and he got stuck posterior. And I was kind of like giving this back labour. Mm. God only knows how long. Like It felt like three or four hours. Mm. It was horrific. All of a sudden, I'm swarmed by, like, the obstetrician, nurses. They're coming in doing distress tests on Charlie. And it was like a smear on steroids because I was, like, having these contractions. And they're like, we need to get up there. Yeah. And I was like, well, can I, can I wait for my contraction to go? Yeah. But it felt like my contraction was just constantly going. <laughs> and they're up there trying to take something off his head to see how distressed he was. He was quite distressed and I was incredibly distressed. And they said, look, if you want to give birth, you've probably got about a 50% chance of doing it vaginally. Okay. Um, we could give you an epidural. Don't even know if that will work at that mm -hmm. point. So I ended up getting rushed off for a, an emergency Caesar. And yeah, it was gnarly. Like it was almost like I went through a full labour. Yep. Because I, I went to full dilation as well. And I just remember lying on that bed and they were like, right, we need to go and, and get this emergency season. And I just cried because I felt yeah. like a failure because Aww. even though I was open to do whatever in that situation, I guess I did have a bit of a visual in my head of how I wanted it to mm. pan out. And so I, yeah, I was in shock. And I guess I, I was so emotional and tired at that point, but I just felt like I'd let myself down. But then got rushed through, he came out healthy and safe and it was just like, <laughs> who gives a shit how he got yeah, out? exactly. Yeah, he's safe, I'm healthy and that's all that matters. Oh, 100%. But, oh my God, so emotional. Like, Yeah. I'm sure there's so many women who can relate to your story though in thinking that's like you go into it and you've kind of heard that things don't go to plan so you don't go in like with too much of an idea, but you still have kind of your your wishes of how it plays out. Like everyone does. Yeah. Um, even though you know it's probably not going to happen. But I think because it sounds like your labour pretty much went up to plan up until that point. Exactly. And it's so unfortunate, but that point is something that was completely out of your control. Yeah. I, as I said, like I cried and I felt like a failure, but now I look back 
I have absolutely no regrets. I'm so, so grateful. Yeah. And while it was the most traumatic thing at the time, <laughs> yeah, it's another weird biological thing about us women. We forget how horrific it was and now yeah. I'm like, let's do it again. Yeah, yeah exactly. 100%. It hasn't even been that long yet, you know? Nah, 100%. I think I, I had similar feelings as well because I think when I look back and reflect now, I mean, if I'm fortunate enough to be able to go through, you know, pregnancy and birth again, I think I would, because I, I got induced oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. because he was overdue. And I think I, that's why I was like smiling so much during your story, because I, I envy that spontaneous labor. I think that's something that I'd always envisioned for myself. And I'd really imagined wherever I was, whether I was like out in public, at a friend's house or at home, like going through those first feeling of like contractions being like, oh my God, it, it's oh, happening. On here. Yeah, like yeah, I didn't yeah. get that because it was kind of induced for me. So um, I think that's the one thing that I'm like, oh, damn. And then I felt like I still though got that feeling of, of going through labor and everything. And then I, I did end up getting epidural. And it's funny because like, even though I was the same as you, I went into the birth thinking, it's probably not going to go to plan and that's fine. I still reflect on it. I'm like, well, it'd be cool if like next time it could be like a little different. I want to yeah. ex like experience something different, like whatever yeah. it was. I don't know. But I think it's it's just totally relatable how you're feeling. It's such an emotional time as well. Like whether they come out vaginally or through the sunroof, you know, <laughs> excuse me. That's exactly what my, my partner wrote there on our like announcement on Facebook. He's like... Polly did a great job and our baby came out of the sunroof. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, perfect. I've said it to the right guest then. But uh, it's like whatever. Like it's going to be emotional either way. It's an overwhelming time. Um, and I suppose the most important and best part of your story is that he and you were both happy and healthy. Yeah. And when I heard that cry, I just bawled my yes. eyes. Oh, my God. And then the first smell of him. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And how were you postpartum? Like those kind of first few months when the adrenaline, I suppose, of what just happened wears off. How'd you go? Yeah, I I definitely remember the baby blues vividly. Mm. <laughs> Crying mm. from like maybe day three to day 10, particularly. And I remember my midwife coming out and I was like, I just can't stop sobbing. And she's yeah. like, you know what? If this was a few weeks or a few months down the track, I'd start to worry that this is just so, so normal. Yeah. And I just like would cry. <laughs> I remember talking to my brother on the phone. And he's like, hey, you going, Puds? And I was like, I just love Charlie, so much. <laughs> I, was like, I just don't want anything to happen to Aww. him. Oh, my God, yeah. It was just intense. And I think that's what really blindsided me the most was that intense love yeah. paired with the intense fear. Yes. Because you all of a sudden just love this thing which has just come into your life. Yeah. All of a sudden. And then you're like, holy shit, like if anything happened, I would be broken. And uh, yeah. it's so all-consuming and overwhelming. So, yeah, I, I, that's sort of like my earliest memories, that real kind of like intense, intense emotion. And, and obviously the tiredness. I was, you know, I guess I was prepared for that in a way. And you're never fully prepared, but you hear so much about the sleepless nights. And that was, you know, very challenging, like it is for everyone at the beginning. I was very lucky um, and I'm so eternally grateful for my mum because she stayed, came to stay and she just helped get through those days. Mm. And I feel because I had that support early on, it helped me be stronger down the track. 
you know, and I think there's so there's so much importance around that postpartum care that we just, mm. we don't always acknowledge. And I know that not everyone's in that position and I will be eternally grateful for that support that I had. But I do believe that if you have that care and like a little bit of help, I feel like you can come back to life with a bit more vigour and a bit more vitality. I don't know. That's just my personal experience. Yeah. I, I look back and I'm like, wow, I feel like I've gone from strength to strength. Totally. I think that the pressure, like, I suppose like society now is so different because I mean, like we still throw around the term of like, it takes a village, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, we don't have villages anymore. No. And it's funny because like, there's this, all this other pressure of like returning to work and all these different things, whether you want to or you have to. Mm. And as you mentioned, like not everyone has other people around to help, like the grandparents or can afford something like a, a nanny or anything like that. So it's quite frustrating really when you think about it that it's yeah. like the people still say it takes a village only like where where's the village why is where's it the village? <laughs> because society has just become so fast-paced yeah and it's all about the now and it's all about hustle 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 yeah do it all yourself <laughs> we've that community like community is so key we actually live like quite rurally but we do have quite a good community around That's us nice. and like so many people, so many visitors. Yeah. Quite overwhelming with the visitors. And yeah. I was quite keen on setting boundaries because... Good, good. I think you have to because otherwise you just get absolutely drained. Yeah. But yeah, I think community is absolutely what's missing yeah. in modern parenthood. And I would love to campaign to bring it back. Oh, 100%. And it's even the little things. It's like, if you know, a neighbor's just had a baby, like go drop around some frozen meals or something. Like, yeah. And even just not. You don't have to go in. No. You don't have to visit and hug the baby or whatever. It's just like drop off some food or do do yeah. little things like that. Take the bins in and out for them. Like, yes. Do the washing. Mow the front lawn. <laughs> just, yeah. Absolutely. And I wanted to talk to you about, like, when we met, through the Jason PJ show. Sorry for being a weirdo. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's so funny to reflect on it. But um, it's like, you've had such a incredible career. And I don't mean to say that in a past tense because you mm. still do. And even everything that you're doing, your podcast and stuff, it's, it's so amazing. And I wanted to talk to you about it because I know that you love radio and you love what you do and you obviously thrive off it. But you obviously seem like you're doing really well through motherhood and enjoying that too. And it's that bloody decision of juggling that we all have to kind of make at some point. Not all have to. It's an absolute cluster, isn't it? And I, I just saw today that Naomi Osaka has announced that she's having yes. a baby and then there's Ash Barty and yes. everyone's like, whoa, shock announcement that these young women are like taking. And I was like, oh my God, wow, I relate to that. And... It's, it's a hard one to navigate. Yeah, and I, I, I wanted to talk to you about it because it, it is super hard and especially in your industry as well mm. because, I mean, we've had Ash Pollard on and she kind of spoke about like the fear of like falling behind or whatever and so she tried to like pick back up work quite early and she kind of regretted that because she felt like she missed out on some time. Yeah. So, and, and everyone's really different. Some people, you know, like work life is their life and that, fuels them and that's totally fine. So yeah. whatever floats your boat. But I wonder like when you made the move back home and mm. you moved in with BJ and everything and that life kind of started, was that kind of already a warm up to, I suppose, stepping back a little bit in time and ready for being a mom? Is that kind of, was that? Yeah, I think definitely COVID sped everything up and yeah, it okay. just rearranged my priorities. Yeah. And as time progressed, I was... Steering down the barrel of, you know, not seeing family and 
being away and it just made me reassess everything that really mattered to me mm-hmm. and I just had this really strong urge to come home and nest. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily children at that point, but it was just, I guess, creating that home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess in Australia, I was, it, it all felt very career focused to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, this is ticked off. But I felt like these other important parts of my life were sort of falling behind and they were always really important to me. And I felt like had I continued down that trajectory, I would have been neglecting this other part of my life. But yes, with that comes a very challenging Mm. decision. And it was the biggest fork in the road that I've ever experienced because, yeah, we were doing pretty well. and Pretty well. (laughs) I guess you could say my career was at an all-time high, potentially. You know, I'd never been doing something like that with that exposure and that interaction and stuff. And... I just had to follow my heart and and I knew that I would have regretted it had I not. And then, you know, when I had pulled back and I had chosen to be more home focused for this part in my life, I never saw myself stepping away from my career for good, stepping away from broadcasting forever. Mm. But for me, it was like a breather to Mm -hmm. reset in a way. And it's funny how the ego comes back in and it's like, you need to get back out there. Why did you do this? Are you sure? You suck. Oh, if you did this, like... You could be doing it better. I don't know. Like all the voices in your head definitely come back. Even though I was like really determined with my decision and I know that I made the right choice, mm. you still have that ego tapping away at you, mm. thinking you should be doing this or that. And the grass is greener mentality always kicks in. So I just have to remind myself how I'd feel had I not made that decision. And I'm so grateful that I did. I know it was the right thing, but I guess I wanted to get in a position where I could have a baby, be at home and actually do work from here and have this as my base and then we can go from there. Yeah. And I'm just working through that. And I'm I'm actually really excited about the year ahead. And I feel like when you have a baby, it brings a whole lot of energy and vitality and motivation with it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And I don't know how life is going to look, but I know how it's kind of going to feel and how I want it to feel. Love that. Paige, in the last few years, you have had some polarizing highs and lows. Obviously, we've mentioned leaving the show and we all know that you've had Charlie, but also as long as you feel comfortable talking about it, obviously one of those huge moments for you was losing your dad. Yeah. And I think for anyone listening who might have lost someone like a parent or or someone super close to them around the time of like having a baby and everything. It's like there's such big, huge life moments and very like obviously opposite ends of the spectrum. So I just wanted to know uh, how you were through that time and kind of what helped you through those moments. Yeah, well, so dad, he had stage four cancer, Mm -hmm. which he was diagnosed with in 2005. Mm -hmm. So Essentially, his diagnosis was like two to five years and mm-hmm. he ended up living that for about yeah. 13, 14 years, which was Super. amazing. And I put that down to my mom just looking for all these ways of healing him throughout that time. Um, and so I guess, yeah, towards the end, it was really, really hard seeing him struggle and it was just not a relief when he was out of pain, but it was like he doesn't have to suffer anymore mm-hmm. because he'd, you know, been on that that journey for a while. And so that was 2019. And then 2020, obviously COVID happened. Mm. And then Charlie came in 2022. And yeah, it was 
it was really interesting navigating that mm. time, being pregnant, thinking, oh, my God, my dad's not going to be here to meet him. But yeah, I guess that it also kind of has inspired me to ensure that I talk about dad as much as I can and, yeah. you know, embody the traits that were so incredible about him and encouraging all the great things about him to Charlie. And because I can just... I don't know. I already feel like there's going to be parts of dad in there. And I think yeah. that's really exciting to sort of see that come through him. I just want to make sure that he knows about his grandfather, which yeah. um, will be really cool. But it was very emotional. Like, you know, he came into the world and it was obvious that there was a big gap there, not having dad, yeah. dad around. But equally, yeah, it's, it's cool that Charlie can now... I don't know. I feel like dad will live through him. That's kind of how I make myself feel better. <laughs> That's beautiful. I, I I see so much of my dad in, in Harvey. Do I you? think it's really one of the coolest parts yeah. is as they get older is you pick up on traits or features from like different siblings or different. And so, yeah, I think regardless of whether you're looking for it or not, you will absolutely spot things. And I think that's really special. It is quite interesting though when the baby's born, how every family member will see who they want to see. I you know. know like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like your great aunt Doris's nose. <laughs> like, oh whatever God. they want to see. It's quite funny, even though <laughs> little bits of every family member. Oh my God, so true. And I think, Paige, um, to kind of round us off today in the chat, um, obviously you're now five months in and it sounds like you're doing really well. I was reading in one of your posts, um, you mentioned like kind of comparison and it's mm. like, there's something you're going to try and do less of. I think that's something that a lot of mothers would relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder kind of what were, the, what were the main things that you were comparing yourself to and, and what are you going to try and do to, I suppose, stop yourself? <laughs> mm, well, the comparisons, well, when I was talking about that in the post, I was probably more relating to career stuff. Yeah. To be honest. Um, yeah. Because for me last year particularly, being pregnant and going into their newborn phase, I was like, just, I didn't feel like myself. And only just recently, like, my butt is hurting today. I've started doing proper workouts. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, there's part of me that I haven't really connected with for a long time. So, yeah, the comparisons were certainly about people thriving in Korea, which yeah. which did kind of start getting at me. Mm. And I had to really come back and go, hang on, this is the life that you wanted to create. You were very intentional about this. Yeah. It didn't happen by accident. You haven't been pushed out. You haven't been rejected. You made this choice. But it can sometimes be really hard to remember that. So I think I have to just be like, you know, quite firm on myself and be like, Polly, come on. Don't do that. Because as soon as you start comparing yourself to someone else, it steals you of joy and mm. it's pointless because they're on a completely different journey. Yeah. And they're here for a totally different reason. And they're never, ever going to be you. You're completely different. And so... That was a big one. Also, like, just motherhood. I don't know. Right at the beginning, I was Googling, like, everything. And now everything. I have sort of fallen back into a place where I'm trusting my gut a little bit more. And yeah. just knowing that every child is unique, every mother is unique, every situation is unique, and you've got to go to the beat of your own drum. Like, my child mm. right now, I might do things this way, but my next child, if I have another child, could be totally, totally different. And mm. That's just the way it is and you've got to accept that and that's the beautiful thing about this world, you know. Mm. Stop comparing because it sucks. <laughs> Honestly, it's a time energy waster. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Are you a big comparer? Do you find that you compare to other people? Only when I'm feeling vulnerable or yeah. like down about something. 
I can fall into that trap, absolutely. But uh, much like you, I try and remind myself that you, you also don't know what that person that you might be looking directly at, right, who might have been thriving in their career. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's going on. They could be someone thriving in their career, but like struggling with fertility and dreaming of the day that they want to like could have a kid and watch your stories and think, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I want to live on a farm and bring up my baby at a farm. Do you know what I mean? Because I look back when I was thriving or thriving in my career or whatever on radio and it's so true. All I wanted was to come home and be with family. Like, yeah. And that probably made absolutely zero sense to those around me. Yeah. But that was what was going on internally. And you're so, yeah, that's so true. Everyone's got different dreams and ambitions. And even if their life looks super sparkly online, it might not be actually, they might not actually be happy living what they're doing. So, And they may not feel fulfilled. Exactly. Exactly. Finish off, Paige. What is something that you have learned as a mom or something that maybe you didn't realize uh, yeah, until you're in your narrow mom, what you've learned. Oh my God. Okay, like body wise. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> the body is wild, man. It's wild, the right? The body is wild. Oh my God. I'm like literally going through the hair loss part at the moment. And yeah. I, I knew hair was coming out. Yeah. But like, I literally just started noticing these horns. They call it the mum's. Same. Horns. I got I got bald up here and I was like, oh my God. I never noticed it falling out there. It always feels like it's. From the back, but it's like from the front. Anyway, mm. the body's wild. Um, I think on a more profound note, um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I Going into it, everywhere I looked, there was such negative commentary around how hard mm. being a mum is. You see it everywhere. Like, And I think that's great that there is a lot more honesty regarding the role. But what I couldn't comprehend was actually how amazing it is. I did, yeah. I, I did not know what was about to happen. I didn't know the love that I was going to feel. And I literally felt born again when I gave birth. Like, I know that's so cheesy, but it's so true. And I just didn't expect it. Maybe I went in really naively. Maybe because I hadn't known how much I'd wanted kids. But yeah, it hit me, this love that I just can't explain. And maybe I'm a freak the way I feel. But, no, um, not at all. But it was awesome. And I, I think... People are sometimes scared to share the amazing sides. They love to share how hard it is and you get, oh, you wait till this and you wait till that. But with all that comes equal amounts of amazingness. Um, So, yeah, that was a big thing that I learned. I think that's beautiful. And I I can relate too. I think think that's really, really nice. And I think you're right. It is is a fine line of wanting to show the realities and to be Mm. real because obviously there are so many challenges and struggles throughout every aspect of motherhood, but then also reminders of how special it is too is great. So it's so nice to hear that you're going well and it's been so nice to catch up and I can't thank you enough. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me, Steph. I really appreciate it. And I've just got back on the kick app, just so you know. Oh, good on you. Really good at the moment. I've noticed a few upgrades. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) My butt is literally hurting. I've done two workouts uh, two days in a row and I'm really proud of myself. Oh, good on you. Good on you. Well, (laughs) thank you. That's very sweet. Thanks so much for listening, guys. So if you want to check out PJ's podcast, wherever you get your potties, it is called The PJ Podcast. Now, if you'd like to see or hear more from Kik, you can find us on all social media channels and our website is kibbacleaner.com. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we have our new Kick Bump programs, so you can check them out and have a seven-day free trial. We also have a Kick Bump Facebook community, so feel free to come and join us there. It is basically like a virtual mother's group. We chat about all things 
parenthood, motherhood, recommendations, and obviously as well, um, your kind of health and fitness journey through that time as well. So I would love to see you guys there. It's a super engaged community and everyone in it is so supportive. I often go there for support myself. I will be back in your ears on Monday with Lawsy. Otherwise, I'll be back for another Kick Bump episode in a fortnight from now. So I'll speak to you guys soon. Bye. <laughs>